Rum Cake to Happiness, a podcast where we discuss topics that impact our mental health and well-being. I challenge you to see your potential, push yourself to create change, and to always spread love and kindness. I am your host, Carlene Ross, a certified life coach, author, and mental health advocate. Let's chat. guys. So today on this episode, I wanted to have a really um, good discussion about psychosis. And the reason I want to have a conversation is about that about this is because, you know, I think I truly feel that there's a lot of people out there, both young and um, older people who are experiencing psychosis. Not a lot of people know exactly what it is. In fact, the people perhaps who are dealing with it don't know what it is. And so I wanted to have a conversation um, about that today, but it's going to be a really personal conversation. I'll be talking to a young man who I consider to be one of my sons. I've known him since he was a little peep. And um, I just wanted to get a real inside understanding of the struggles that he has, um, because he has recently been diagnosed diagnosed with psychosis. And so without further ado, I would like to introduce you to Kyle. Hi. Hi, Kyle. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Awesome. So, Kyle, thank you so much, first of all, for coming out and for agreeing to, you know, talk about this. I know that it could be kind of unsettling and maybe a little bit uncomfortable. A little bit. And I appreciate the fact that you agreed to, you know, to talk to me about it. And I know that, hands down, we're going to have a lot of listeners who are also extremely appreciative. So, thank you. You're welcome. So I wanted to talk, first of all, um, about... Let's take it back a little bit. So you are 23. Yes. Let's take it back a little bit to perhaps um, in your early teens. Okay. Okay. Did you notice in your early teens um, anything happening with you as far as, you know, what you would consider you being sad or unhappy or just struggles? Um. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I started noticing... Um, maybe shifts in my personality, like I was less happy, less outgoing, I was more reserved, I was a little more quiet, I was um, a little bit more withdrawn, so to speak, and um, I started getting um, particular delusions, I guess, that people could read my mind, and particular hallucinations that I would start seeing like shadow people and whatnot. Um, and that all started happening from like early adolescence, probably around 14 to 16. Wow. Okay. Wow. So <laughs> when you were experiencing that, did you share that with anyone? Um, not really. I tried to keep it quiet. I thought it was kind of uh, maybe normal to see things, you know, every now and again, or see things out of the corner of your eye, or um, hear things, too. But then I kind of realized maybe it wasn't as normal, and I was always very scared to reach out for help, so I kind of always avoided that avenue. So you kind of kind of struggled with it on your own. How, how many years would you say that you were experiencing this from time to time but didn't share it? How many years did you go through that by yourself? Oh, 
A very long time, probably since I was honestly a little kid. So you actually were having these types of feelings prior to your teenage years? Yes, yes. The first thought of suicide was at like four. Wow. Yeah. So that's amazing to me. So what what would be like at four years old? I mean, I consider you a baby. In fact, I think that's sure. when I, I met can, you when I you were four years old. I consider myself a baby, right? <laughs> like definitely. Wow. I so at four at four years old, like what is your little mind telling you? Uh, it's weird. It's weird because you can't really conceive the idea of death yet, right? So it's I had this I had this Christmas bulb that had my name on it, mm-hmm. like you know Kyle's first Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like generally, every kid has that, right? So I had this weird. I don't know, something just popped in my head one day. Um, This little voice just telling me to break the bulb and it would break me. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah, it was was quite strange, but it stuck with me for a long time. And then it kind of evolved into other things. Wow. That blows my mind that you were such a little guy and experienced something like that. And of course, at that age, what you're feeling, you can't articulate it, really, to say anything to mom or dad. Right. It's just a feeling, right? So that kind of continued with you. That's a lot of years to carry that, Kyle. Yeah. So did you find it difficult? I mean, I know that you have a great circle of friends. I would say so. Um, My son being one. Yeah, yep, 100%. (laughs) Um, So did you find it difficult? I mean, having this and keeping it to yourself, did you find it difficult making friends? Because I know that you are, by nature, right. very quiet and much more reserved. Yeah. Um, did you find it hard making friends? Um, I never... Maybe f- ma- making friends, no. Maybe yes, with trust issues and whatnot. But when I passed those initial barriers, it became quite easy. I think maybe keeping friends was kind of like the tough part for me. Just because... Um, you know, once you've had a friend for a while, you obviously put more trust into them Mm -hmm. and then they know more things and then Mm -hmm. this and that and you don't want ever that trust getting broken and then I always have this thing where people are trying to cross me or you know what I mean or trying to go behind my back and hurt me in some sort of way or do something or so, so when you say you have this thing, it's you have this idea in your mind that this is what people are doing. Correct, yes. Okay. Or trying to do or Okay. Right. So now that you've mentioned that, I know that with psychosis, like I said at the beginning, a lot of people don't really know what exactly it is. Um, So I looked up the meaning and basically what it's saying is that psychosis, it's pretty much a term that's used to describe conditions that affect the mind where there is some type of loss of reality. Right. Um, And that's what they call a psychotic episode. So the fact that you would think that people are behind your back, you know, conspiring to, to, right. to do something bad to you or to treat you bad, that is definitely, from what I've read, definitely one of the, the symptoms. For sure. For sure. Definitely. I couldn't agree more. So take me to the time that you um, realized that something was, was wrong, where you felt completely out of control. Uh, was there one specific moment that anything happened that just made you think, I need to get help, I need to look into this? Yeah, probably pretty recently, probably about sometime last year. 
I was uh I was in a pretty bad spot and I was uh let's just say like kind of ready to go mm-hmm. and making my ways to do it and um yeah I don't know just I don't know something just said give it one more shot kind of I, this is something I faced a lot of sh- quote unquote sorry to can I swear mm-hmm. shit but this is something I've never really faced um, yet, so I figured give it one more shot. And might as well, and that and a bunch of people telling me to go. So I had a large group of family and friends telling me to go get help. Okay, and I think that's so incredibly important. And by you, I guess, sharing with them that you were in such a low spot, they knew obviously something was wrong and that you needed some kind of professional help. Because it's great to have people around you who know that you're struggling and who want to be there for you for, you know, talking, listening, having that conversation. But when you are in um, that type of such a bad spot, it's definitely something that I would suggest is that you get professional help. Right. Because at that point, you need to get diagnosed. Right. I totally agree. I totally agree. It was hard to come to terms with that just because I've I've lived with it for so long that I really... um, You know, you talk about the difference of the realities, right? When you've lived in one reality for so long, that's the only reality, reality, sorry, that you know. Right. So you don't know that anything's wrong. You really can't. Right. I, You know what I mean? I still have days where I, I think I'm fine and that I shouldn't be on medicine and, and all this, that, and the next, right? Mm-hmm. But, right. It's, it's so true, I guess. Yeah, if you've been living that for so long, that is your reality. And so finding a happy place is kind of not even in your realm because you think this is it. This is, this is me. This is my reality. Exactly. So now being medicated, I'm slowly... It's weird. I'm, I'm slowly realizing another reality, which is, I guess, real life. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um and it's just weird kind of coming into that. Uh, but it's, it's, it feels really good, too. You know what I mean? It feels really good to be a part of it. And, That's uh, awesome. be here. That's so awesome. I know that um, the symptoms that you go through, um, a lot of people experience hallucinations. They see and they hear things. They even feel things. You've mm-hmm. mentioned that to me. Um, they are disorganized in their speech. Um, disorganizing their thoughts and yeah. their behaviors. Um, and so when you're going through something like that, um, what tends to happen? What kind of calms you down and pulls you out of it eventually? Um, just time. Just time. It feels kind of like you're trapped in a whirlwind and a pit at the same time. You know what I mean? There's nothing really to do to get out of it. Um, if I start to feel like anxiety and stuff set on then you know I can kind of do things to mitigate the anxiety right so that I don't go on a full-blown attack I guess right but um if I'm already there and panicking or delusional and freaking out about something it's really hard to get me back into that reality right I mean especially if you're going through that by yourself you kind of just so you basically just sit in the moment and you're hoping that it's going to pass. Yeah, pretty much. Wow, that's some scary stuff. It is scary. It's, it's yeah, 
How often would you say that you have an episode? Um, off medication. Okay, let's talk about when you weren't taking medication. Okay. Um, off medication, pretty frequently. I probably have... I don't know, I wouldn't really, like, consider them episodes because I would consider it all the time. You know what I mean? What you call your normalcy. Yeah, exactly. So, like, what you might call an episode, I just might, what might call normal. You know what I mean? So, um... I could be having an episode, like, right now. You know what right. I mean? Oh, Carlene can read my mind. Carlene can read my thoughts. There's no safety in here. Blah, 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 blah. Like, that's just another voice talking to me right now, but right. it's not my internal thought. Right. That, I guess, could be considered an episode, right? right? Or if, like, I'm trying to fall asleep, and then, like, you know, sleep paralysis comes on, and mm-hmm. then I start seeing things or hearing things. Right. Or, um certain like panic attacks or paranoid attacks where they're like or you think you know certain things are maybe happening around your house or like stupid things where people are living in the vents or in the floors and something and then you're you know you're literally on your hands and knees ripping apart your shit looking for these people and sub pumps and stuff like that and they don't exist wow and, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Or walking around with, like, weapons in your house at 3 a.m. because you think someone's breaking in and you've heard it, you know what I mean? You, you, you know that's happening. Wow. That is some very specific um, things that you've experienced. And that is, those are scary things, you know? Like, when you think about it, the fact that you would actually pick up weapons and and think someone's in the house and walk around with that, or the fact that you know that someone is hiding in your vent and you're hell-bent to to figure it out. I mean, that's such... In your mind, it's so real. So real. So real. It's happening. You know what I mean? There's nothing that you can't really say or do to tell me otherwise. Right. And uh, I I guess I would classify that as an, um, an event or... Sorry, what was the word that you used? Um, which part? <laughs> uh, sorry, like a, uh, like I guess when people have like an event or a breakdown right. or something like that. Right. I guess you could classify that as one of those episodes. Like an episode. Thank right. you. That's the word I was right. looking for. It's on um, the tip of your tongue. It is on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, an episode could be me seeing like demons or them touching me or something like that that would be more of like a bad episode right really hearing right things like people in the walls conspiring against me you know what i mean like oh sorry um that would be i guess a a bad episode so are these so these so we were talking about prior to taking medication right and prior to being diagnosed right these are the things that you were going through and you mentioned that it was your normalcy, like this is just what you knew. So it would just happen at any time. You would be, you know, in a circle of friends and everyone could be having a great time. But in your mind, you had other things going on at that at the same time. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? You could have some evil voice in your head telling you, you know, to 
do something awful mm-hmm. or to do something awful to yourself or just anything and you're fighting that feeling or fighting fighting that voice and yeah and nobody knows what's going on you know what I mean it's just right. it's this war it's this complete awful battle in your head wow wow that is so interesting to me Kyle um so I want people to know that um Kyle is actually a really successful young man um he is brilliant as far as I'm concerned He is an entrepreneur. He has a photography business. He is a content creator. He is master of a lot of things. And I'm just, I'm super proud of you. Thank you. That I'm hearing all of these things that you've been struggling with for so long and so many years that, you know, nobody knew about. But then I see that you still fought your way to live your life, you know? Yeah. You, um... (laughs) Without uh, getting all emotional right now, you just have to you just have to really want it. You know what I mean? You just have to want more for yourself, and you just have to want more for the people around you because you're worth it and you deserve it. And uh, yeah, you just got to find that light and keep pushing. That's amazing. That's so amazing. Um, so now that you have been diagnosed. What were you initially diagnosed with? Like when you when you went to talk to someone, what did they initially diagnose you with? So they initially diagnosed me with a few different things. Major depressive order, major anxiety disorder, and ADHD. ADHD, okay. Yeah. Um, so I guess I don't really know um, how all that plays into my psychosis diagnosis. Diagnosis, mm-hmm. diagnosis um, yeah. Th- thank you. Diagnosis. <laughs> Um, but I believe that ends up making me comorbid, like a comorbid diagnosis, meaning you have multiple diagnoses. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm on a few different medications to help combat my ADHD, my anxiety and depression, and then my psychosis. Okay. So you're taking three different medications for three different things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about you living with it. Okay. And the fact that, like I, I mentioned that Kyle is a entrepreneur. He's got a lot of things going on. He's always got his hands in projects. Um, and he's great at what he does, but I wanted to talk about you living with it as far as, you know, dealing with your family, having, um, an intimate relationship. You live with your girlfriend who's right. a great girl. Yeah. Um, you know, how, how much of a struggle is that for you on a daily basis? um, you know what, like, I, I would like to say I live my life pretty normally, like anybody else, but it definitely comes with struggles, right, like, um, just going back to episodes, I guess, you know, you can have a big episode that someone's out to get you, or someone's trying to hurt you, like, example, like, your girlfriend's cheating on you, Mm -hmm. um, things like that, and that can obviously throw a big, Big, big uh, spear into the relationship sure. sometimes, right? Especially when you get kind of accusatory. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? Because then it just makes you seem ill-trustful in each other. and For sure. And obviously your partner doesn't want to hear that. or want Obviously, right? Obviously. That can so, be a huge fight. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So that's caused some struggles and whatnot. Um, my family's been, pre- and my girlfriend's been amazing. And they've been super supportive with this whole thing. That's great. So, um... 
that hasn't been an issue. I think growing up, it was kind of an issue just thinking small things like, you know, my brother's trying to kill me in my sleep and, you know, people are out to get me and things like that. But, um, yeah, I would say yeah. other than that, like, I've kind of moved past those things for the most part. And, uh, that's excellent. Yeah. And I think obviously, um, I mean, I'd like to think that maturity has a, a, a role in that as well. Um, but the fact that you went to get help and the fact that you're on medication, that is, I guess, a cocktail of things that actually seem to be working for you. Yeah, for sure. So how are you feeling being on this medication? What are your days like being medicated and feeling, I guess, a different normal? Right. At first it was incredibly hard. I felt, I felt so gray. I just felt like a zombie. Um, it it was just hard to do anything. Like, my motivation was on an all-time low. I felt super deflated. I just, uh, I didn't care. Like, it made my depression worse, if anything. Wow. And then, eventually, it slowly started to get better. Um, I noticed once I started taking things like Vyvanse and whatnot for my ADHD, it started to get a little better and combat um, the negative side effects that were happening with, like, drugs like escitalopram and stuff like, like, mm -hmm. neocitrin and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So... That definitely helped. Um, and then when I started my Aripropozole, that really, really helped other things and my psychotic features that I guess weren't getting treated by uh, my other medication. Okay. Okay. So it took a while for things to kick in. Yeah, it took a few months, that's for sure. Yeah, and you have to be patient. You know, unfortunately, we wish that we can pop some pills, take a, take a cocktail, and our life <laughs> is the way, tomorrow, right, that right? we envision it. Come right. on, let's go. So having that patience is uh, super important. And I think that's sometimes, too, where people fall off because they don't give it the time that it needs. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a really sad thing because I, I personally know people. And um, you're supposed to be on some of these medications for months at a time just to even start to feel the effects. Mm -hmm. And they try it for a few days and they don't like it. It doesn't work for them. It makes them feel sick. Mm -hmm. And then they quit, right? But it could have been something that maybe really was beneficial if they just waited a little longer and fought through it. Right. So I'm, I'm just happy that I really was able to fight through it and that, uh, that it's working for me now. So. A hundred percent. That's awesome. I'm very proud of you. You're sticking to it, sticking Thank to the plan. And again, you. I think it's because you wanted more for yourself. I really do think so as well. You have to want it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like wanting is a really huge part. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Not everybody is in that mindset. No, unfortunately not. And I really wish that um, they could be because you could have so much more for yourself, truly. Oh, my God. You're so right. So um, thank you so much for sharing that. So mm -hmm. I wanted to go over, I guess, some of the um, some of the things that happen um, they say that there's three phrases, I guess, for psychosis. The first one would be, uh, if I'm pronouncing this right, pro, pro normal, pro normal phase. And basically in this phase, phase, there you go. Thank you. No problem. Um, and in this phase, they notice things like social withdrawal. You have sleep disturbance. Um, you're very suspicious. Yes. Um, <sighs> irritable anxiety, all of those things. Right. Do you, as I go through the list, I mean, that's the early stages. Those are that's things that me. you mentioned. Yeah, that's all me, for sure. <laughs> okay. And then we have stage number two, which they call is acute, 
And in this acute stage, that's where the hallucinations come through. And that's where um, you become delusional at times. Right. So talk to me about having these delusional thoughts. I mean, you did mention something about thinking that somebody was in your vent. Right. Or that your walls were talking to you. Right. Um, being on medication now, do you find that that still happens or has it slowed down? Um, yeah, no, definitely. It's it's helped a lot in that case. And in that regard, I don't hear I don't hear like auditory hallucinations as much anymore as if at all, actually. So that's really good. I'm happy awesome. with that. Uh, visual hallucinations, I don't really see anymore, which Excellent. is great. I do have, you know, a little bit of suspicions with people and stuff like that and problems with people maybe reading my mind and a few things like that. But on that, I'm working past that. I'm in therapy for that as well. Um, and taking my medication as well really helps kind of block all those thoughts That's out. awesome. Yeah. That's another thing is I'm so glad that you're in, you know, talk therapy, right? Yeah, definitely. And you find that not only taking the medication helps, but actually having someone that you can talk to. For sure. I think, I think having multiple people to talk to is a great thing. Um, even if, even if you don't have psychosis or something like this, I think just having someone to talk to is a great thing. Even if you're completely healthy, mm-hmm. it's important just to check in on yourself. Um, but yeah, having someone to talk to is just half the therapy, right? I think Absolutely. medication can only go so far right. and you need to do the other therapeutic stuff to get the benefits. 100%. Thank you. Thank you for saying that because it's so true. Um so another phase that we have, I guess, the third phase they call is the recovery phase. Right. That's and what I'm in right now. This is, I was going to say, is this, is this the phase that you're currently in? Yeah. So okay. I'm in recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much longer I'll be in recovery. I've been in recovery for probably because um, I consider recovery once I found out I had psychosis. Right. Um, probably maybe about six months. Okay. So I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good for the most part. I need to go see someone pretty soon. Okay. Just because I feel it coming back. Okay. Um, so when you say you feel it coming back, are you feeling, are there triggers happening that are making you feel like something is brewing? Yeah, kind of. Like I'm seeing small things or hearing small things, small delusions like that. Um, or small thoughts mm-hmm. and hearing things in my head that aren't me. So so with this slowly seeming to seep in again and to happen again, what type of connection are you hoping to make? Are you looking to see the doctor to change medication or see what, see about the medication? Yeah, probably look into my medication a little bit more and either up the dose mm-hmm. um, and see how much that helps. Okay. And probably get back onto therapy a little bit. COVID's kind of kiboshed the whole uh, thing right. for me, unfortunately. So, yeah, I remember we were talking yeah. about that, that yeah. COVID has really stopped a lot of your progress. Right. It's really so hampered I'm, it. I'm kind of at ground zero again. So, oh. I've got to refind a new therapist, refind a new psychotherapist, and a psychologist. Oh my goodness. Sorry, sorry a psychiatrist. So. so, do you see you see both a psychiatrist and a psychologist? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. And they do different things for you? Like your conversations are different? Yeah. So, um, I always mix the two up, but a, a <laughs> psychiatrist, if I'm, 
um, that's the highest of the totem pole, correct? Right. Okay, so a psychiatrist, they, I don't really talk to him too much. He mostly just prescribes me medicine, you know what I mean? I think, and I think that's actually the difference. I think yeah. a psychiatrist versus a psychologist is the prescription. I, you're exactly right. Right. So they talk to you, but only so much, where you're actually supposed to talk to, like, your counselor or a psychologist right. or something like that, okay. or your therapist, and kind of really talk it out with them, whereas they just sorry, prescribe you Prescribe medicine. you. Okay. So they're more the medicine doctor. Yes, exactly. To try to find that cocktail that will help you. Right. Okay. Get through your daily struggles. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I really, I wish you the best in that because I know that COVID has definitely caused a lot of impact in so many different people's lives on so many different levels, you know? Yeah. And, um, I really hope that you're able to connect to someone and it's hard though, because when you have a therapist, then it's, you have to get to know each other again, you know? And that trust, (sighs) like you said, having trust, um, is a big thing. Definitely. Definitely. I've done a few things in a therapist's office that... (laughs) To make sure that I can trust them, you know what I mean? Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> Little freakouts, but it's okay. <laughs> okay, good, good. I mean, there are things that you have to do because it has to be a relationship that works for two of you, for right? For sure, for sure. I say that in my coaching business. Like, you have to have that connection. And if you don't, then it's kind of a waste of time I, for I the two totally of you to be agree. working together. I would totally agree. Right? If you don't want to work with someone, it's just not going to happen. And it's nothing against the actual doctor or the actual person. It's just, it's just not a good fit. Right. That's all exactly, it is. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So about the triggers, um, you did mention that you have some triggers and obviously stress is a huge one. Stress is, yes, a huge one. It's my main one. So talk to me about how you, um, I guess, deal with that. How do you try to, to cope as best you can when you feel that happening? Yeah, for sure. Um, honestly, I, I like to just like either pet my dog or, like, try to find things that ground me, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, go for a walk in public, um, take my dog out, go in the garden, something to okay. s- have something around me that's real. Right. And, um, yeah, that really helps wrap my head around everything mm. and bring me back down to earth. That's great. I mean, pets are so amazing, aren't they? Pets are amazing. They really are helpful. <laughs> they really are amazing. Super helpful. And your dog is way too cute. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so... You know, grounding yourself, surrounding yourself with people, you said going into public, public places. Um, is that because you kind of trust yourself more when you're in public or you just want to be around people? Um, yeah, because it seems almost um, counterintuitive, right? Because I'd prefer to be alone and withdrawn. Um, but it's mainly like just to get out of my head. I have mm-hmm. this demon in my head that tells me to do awful things and mm-hmm. sometimes I just uh I need to be in a place where I can be held accountable for what I'm doing mm-hmm. if that makes any sense right and uh sometimes public is just the best place for that because I won't do anything crazy or... right right wow so I know that um I know that psychosis impacts a few mental health diagnosis. We talked about this, that typically people who are schizophrenic or people who have bipolar, um, they could be the ones that kind of um, have psychosis. And 
it makes sense to me because those are mood disorders, right? And right. personality disorders. Correct. So I also um, know that drugs, any kind of drug use, can definitely impact psychosis, right? For sure. For sure. So I was reading up... Um, a little bit about it, and it was even talking about what they call organic psychosis, which is like somebody who goes through like head injuries or has a physical injury okay. that can actually put you into psychosis. Hmm. But it also said something about um, the use of drugs mm-hmm. at a very young age, and I know that some teens or not even teens yet, um, you know, start to use drugs at a really young age, and weed being one of them. Yeah, for sure, and what they found is that kids have a much higher rate of becoming schizophrenic or having some kind of mental illness because of the use of drug use at such an early age. Mm-hmm. I know that now in Canada, cannabis is, um, is legal. And right. so a lot of people, including you, yep, for sure. <laughs> are, you know, recreationally enjoying it, which is great. How do you find, um, like, how do you treat it with cannabis and your illness? Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, I, honestly, I've heard a lot of people with similar diagnosis say that they've turned to drugs um, before to just escape and escape the things that are in their head, right? Mm-hmm. Or escape the night terrors. Um, that's actually what happened with me. I didn't. St- I started smoking cannabis really late in my life. I started smoking it probably about uh 1920 and then i started smoking it to relieve myself from night terrors if i'm being honest with you i couldn't sleep i would have these terrible visions or hallucinations of people or things coming into my room demons sitting on my chest wow um, people standing in the corners uh, um horrible things and i find smoking really helped me alleviate a lot of that stuff which is great. I found a little outlet for it, and which is great because it blocks the um, certain receptors in your brain so you don't fully go into REM sleep. Okay. So I found another outlet to kind of block out some of that stuff, okay. which is great Okay. for the most part. So you're finding that it definitely does help you. For sure. Okay. And it's a daily use for you, right? It's not... It's a daily use okay. for me, It's a yeah. daily use, but it's not a problem. It's not a problem, no. That's excellent. I mean, there's so many times that, I mean, I'm a parent, right? Yeah. So I don't promote drugs. <laughs> no, for sure. I totally agree. Um, but, you know, you have to be open-minded and you have to understand um, the good with the bad. Right. And you have to uh, kind of educate yourself. And this is what my sons and I, we talked about when cannabis became legal in Canada. You know, they were like, mom, you know, it has so many great benefits with it. Right. And it's not a drug that is, you know, synthetic or man-made or it's none of that. And so educating yourself about what it is and some of the benefits, especially when you're dealing with something like this, um, is it going to help you? Does it calm you down to a place that you can contain yourself and that you're still um, able to have a a functioning life, you know? exactly, exactly. Um, I don't, yeah, exactly. I look at it like no other medication. I really had a big problem with it because... Exactly like yourself. Um, my mom was pretty, say the least, strict with that type of stuff or mm-hmm. smoking of any sort, um, drinking of any sort too. So uh, 
once I did start smoking, it was hard to, like, come forward with that about her and tell her that it helped me and, you know, mm -hmm. it uh, changed it. But I don't look at it like any other medicine. I also had a personal problem with it, uh, myself with it. I hated the fact, just because I was grown and raised it up, you know what I mean? Without. Thinking that it was mm -hmm. bad and mm -hmm. without. So I, I hated the fact that it helped me. I, right. I hated the fact that I got relief from it. And I, I hated that I did it all the time for relief. It made me feel like I was a drug addict. It made me feel like I had a problem just because it really helped me. Now I'm on a, like how you were saying, a cocktail of medications. I really don't care about right. some plant. Right, right. So interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. Well, Kyle, I wanted to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for having me. This means the world to me, honestly. I, I'm so excited to be here. I on. am so happy that you agreed. I know that I kind of, you know, um, just plucked you. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> and um, I'm just so glad that you agreed to do this with me. I think it is going to be an amazing episode for people to listen to, um, you know, like I mentioned to you, people who might be going through certain symptoms and they don't understand what these are, or people who have been diagnosed, or family members or friends that might see certain symptoms in the people they love. Um, I just think it's educational all the way around. And I know it's not easy to deal with, and I applaud you for getting up every day and pushing forward, Thank you, you know, for, for having a job and for working, so many jobs actually, and for doing you, you know, while still taking into account... Um, the fact that, you know, you're in a relationship yeah. and, you <laughs> know, it's, it, there's a lot going on, you know, you're trying to live your life. And I think that you're doing a great job. Um, you know that I love you. I always Thank have. You. And I just, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. That really so incredibly proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. So what we're going to do is I'm going to actually, I'll have some links below, um, and just, you know, anyone who's going through this, please reach out for help. Please, at the very least, contact your family doctor and make that a starting point for you. Um, don't go through th these things alone. Like Kyle mentioned, there's so many different symptoms and some of them are just incredibly difficult for me to even understand. So for, for somebody out there to be going through those things alone is very scary. So please reach out to someone. Please get help. We'll have some links below for you to do that. So on that note, I thank everyone for coming out, for joining us for another episode. Everyone stay well. Until next time.